speak the name of Jesus over you in your hurting in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do in desperation I'll seek heaven and pray this for you I pray for your healing that circumstances 
circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
may be seated, and Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, what I love about a brand new year is it's just a reminder that God who was with us in the past is a God who's going to be with us in the future. So even though we go from 2022 to 2023, God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you. So we have lots of reasons to be thankful for. Uh, we, have, we have lots of announcements. Kind of a new year means new things that are starting up again. So if you would, there are seatbelts that are on every chair. Would you just put them on for a second? Because we're going to go really fast. So let's yeah, do we, it. Yeah, we've got a lot to go through. Happy New Year. It's the first day of a new year, and we have a lot of new opportunities. One starts today, the 2023 Online Bible Reading Group. This is the fifth year in a row that we've had an online Bible reading group. Um, like I said, it starts today. It, it's great. We use the YouVersion Bible app, so you can read the same chapter out of the Bible as everyone else is reading on the same day. Get encouragement and support through that, but you can read any time of the day or night. Depends if you're a night owl, you can read at night. Um, and then there's a, a place to comment or post questions. I typically leave, leave a comment um, almost every day, a little devotional thought on our reading. It, it's through uh, the Bible Project as well, the reading plan. So it has a great video with each uh, book of the Bible. So just we start a new Bible, there'll be a, a brief, very well done video that gives an overview of that Bible before we of that book of the Bible before we start reading it. Also, every Tuesday um, we meet out here by the fireplace over lunch hour. So if that's something that fits in your schedule, and we just review the chapters that we read for the week and discuss and share things that we learned, questions that we have. That's available as part of that online Bible reading group if you want to meet in person to discuss as well. If you're not part of the Bible reading group, we already have 40 people signed up. Um, see me after worship. I'll help you get the app and get signed up for that. Um, also, tomorrow night, we have our men's winging it group. We meet at Bose the first Monday of each month for half-price wings, a drink or two, and uh, friendship and fellowship to get together and spend time together as guys. And then starting on Tuesday night, um, we have discussion groups for The Chosen. So we start The Chosen Season 2 today, the sermon series. Tuesday, we have a dis discussion group that Pastor is leading at Big Ten, starting at 6.30. And then Wednesday, Chris is leading one uh, here um, in, at, the, at the sanctuary at 6.30, right? 6.30. So there's two options to discuss the sermon and dig in a little bit more with The Chosen. Um, and then speaking of Wednesday nights, exploration starts on the 11th. Uh, the Chosen starts this Wednesday, but all the other classes start on one, uh, this next Wednesday, the 11th. And we have classes for all ages. We have staff nursery, kids classes, middle school, high school. Um, we have a TLC, women in prayer. Pastor and Randy are going to be leading a new study starting this next semester. We've got the disciple-making huddles that will continue. Um, and then the Chosen will continue as well. And we've got other groups, men's groups, um, groups that meet at different times of the day, days of the week. Um, and you can see all these things and more that Pastor is going to talk about through that card in the seat back. It has a QR code. You can scan that, get to all the groups. And if being more active is one of your New Year's resolutions, we have a pickleball group that meets Mondays from 4.30 to 5.30. And if you don't know how to play pickleball, see me. I'll teach you how to play pickleball. It's a lot of fun. We meet at the Y, 4.30 to 5.30 on Mondays. Uh, I think that's it. That's it? Well, there's, there's more, but that's all I'm going to highlight. Okay. Well, I've got a couple things to add, too. Um, giving garland. Okay, we have the garland up here. 
Uh, gifts have been already purchased, delivered, received, and we have some thank yous that are on a poster board right outside of these doors on that wall. So feel free to take a look at it. You'll, you'll just, you'll feel something here when you see these kids that are thankful, thankful that somebody thought about them for Christmas. Um, also, let me think here. Um, if you, you know, we're doing the Chosen Season 2, there is an app that you can get so that you can actually watch these episodes in its entirety, whether it's before or after or both, just to get to it. I'm, the more I'm watching them, the more I'm seeing new things. So if you want to know how to do that, I'm sure at Next Steps, you know, maybe Greg or somebody can help you do that. But uh, there's an app available for your phone that you can watch these episodes for free. So be thinking about that as well. Um, let, me, let me walk through here. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock, uh, we're going to take down Christmas decorations. So if you're off of work and you're wondering what can you do to help serve, you can come here at 9 o'clock in the morning and help us start the process of putting Christmas decorations away. Um, last but not least is the Haiti Fellowship Feast. And uh, some of you know what the whole storyline is, is we want to make a difference in the lives of children in Haiti. Um, a lot of them do not have a meal. So when we put rice packs together, it makes a difference for them and for so many more. So we have a fellowship feast, which is going to be January 13th and 14th, a Friday and a Saturday, and when you pay for your meal, for your uh, primary meal, every single penny of it is going to go for the rice packing event so that these kids can have it. And our goal is 80,000 rice packs. So sign up now if you would. Just do it, you know, and become part of this. We'd love to fill this room with people that want to make a difference in the lives of these kids. So January 13th, 14th is the meal, but sign up now so we could be ready for you. All right? Um, and last would, would be this. If you're a guest, you were just probably bombarded with all the different things we just said to you. And again, we don't like to make these, this many announcements, but start of a new year, new things coming up. Uh, but we are so glad you're with us in worship. We invite you to come back, um, experience the grace of God here at 1C. If you want to know about some of the things and how it works, there are some um, cards in the back that will tell you how to submit a prayer, if you'd like a prayer in this service. If you'd like to take communion, what do we believe as a church? How do you take communion? Those cards will help you walk through some of those things that will um, get you through the service. Um, and then the last thing, and that's really for us who are members and regular attenders, as I call them, uh, we're going to be passing the joy basket around. We believe wholeheartedly all of us have been blessed by God. And he wants every one of us to say thank you. And how you say thank you, we want it to be between you and your God. And so prayerfully consider that. And um, again, the joy baskets will be passed in just a moment. May God bless our time together as we worship our Lord all to his glory. Thank you. One day when heaven filled with his praises one day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he and the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory revealed 
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up, find a seat up here on the floor. All right, well, Happy New Year. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah? Do you have a favorite gift that you got 
for Christmas? Yeah, what'd you get? A Lego train set? That's cool. What else? Anybody else? Yeah. New shoes? Cool. What'd you get? A Bible? Awesome. What'd you get? Golf clubs? Cool. What'd you get? What? PlayStation 5? Cool. How about you? Neon Play-Doh. Is it glow in the dark? No, it's neon bright colored Play-Doh. That's cool. Well, I, bright color? Yeah. What'd you get? Neiman, what'd you get? A Nerf gun? Cool. Well, you know what? I brought something to show you that I got that I'm really excited about. I got some new earbuds. And I'm really excited about these because when I'm working around the house, mowing the yard and stuff, I like to listen to, to teachings about Jesus and and how to follow Jesus, and these earbuds are nice and small that I can wear hearing protection over them, and they have noise cancellation, so I can hear what's going on in my earbuds rather than hear the mower, right? So I can hear what's here over the sound of the mower. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then they have this little charging case that you put them in, and they charge. I'm really excited about these. This kind of sounds like show and tell, doesn't it? Do you still do show and tell in school? No. Anybody do show and tell? Yes? Huh? For some reason, yes. Yeah? You remember show and tell. Well, good. I remember show and tell, and I really like show and tell because that's so much better to show and tell rather than just tell. You guys told me about these cool things you got for Christmas, but I haven't seen it. I don't know what this Lego train set looks like. I can see your new shoes, though, so you kind of got to show and tell, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, because showing and telling is better than just telling. And do you know who the master of show and tell is? Yeah, that's right. It's Jesus. Jesus is the master of show and tell. And as we start the chosen season two today, when you watch episode one, it shows the disciple John trying to figure out how he's going to write about Jesus. And what he says in the book named after him, the Gospel of John, it starts out like this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Huh. So here we have the Word of God, and it says that, that everything was made through Him, so God spoke everything into existence. But then if we jump down to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here it says the Word became flesh. That's Jesus. Jesus didn't stay a far, far, far way off. He came into this world, didn't he? He took on flesh. He was born as a baby, right, to rescue us, but also to show and tell us about this love that God has for us. Isn't that cool that Jesus came to show and tell and to rescue us, rather than just to speak a word from a far way off, off to rescue us, that he came into this world, took on flesh, was born, and that's why we celebrate Christmas, right? He's born as a baby, rescued us, and he shows us how to live as, his, as God's children, just like he did. Pretty amazing. Well, you know what? We get to show and tell people about Jesus, too, with our lives. We can tell them about him, but we can also show people Jesus' love by the way that we treat them. And so that's a privilege that we have as children of God. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands. 
bow our heads and you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for not staying far away, but for coming to rescue us. Help us to show and tell your love to others. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through But you keep standing at a distance shadow of your shame There's a light of hope that shines Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your sins the Savior and it calls bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry and the fears that hold your heart but through the Accepted as 
nothing he ain't seen before For all your sins, all your sorrows And your sadness There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table Love that song. Love that reminder. Uh, when we talk about Holy Communion, it's, it's known as Holy Communion, Lord's Supper. Some churches call it Eucharist. But there is also the name, the Table of the Lord. And it is this moment that God gives us. He gives us himself. Because he understands our brokenness, our pain, our hurt. He understands our sin. And he meets it head on with his love and grace and mercy. So I'm glad that we could celebrate that today on this first day of 2023. One of the things we, we do is we, we take a moment to profess what we believe uh, about our sinfulness, our need for a Savior, about what's in this meal, and also how we're going to live our lives to his glory. So let's share together up on the screen the words, uh, th this profession that we've been doing for several months. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and the sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And again, I just want to bring it back to what this is all about. You and me, we are sinners. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but that there is the grace of God in Jesus to bring forgiveness of sins for people like you and me. So thus the table. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with the celebration, a song will be sung, and uh, you are invited to come forward at that time to receive this very precious gift that God has given for you and for me. Amen. Dear God, it's me calling out to you. Tonight I'm on my knees. 
hoping you'll come through. This one's for my dad. Can you help him, please? The world's made him mad at mom and me. And I'm asking you to bring his heart back home.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's, let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just lift up families, anybody going through struggles, that you just bring them healing and restoration, Father. A prayer that this new year will bring healing and restoration to our family. Just give us peace and forgiveness. Draw us closer together, Lord, in this new year. Prayer for continued strength for Coco going through her battle with cancer. Be with her through treatments as well as her friends and family. Prayers for my kids that they resolve their differences with each other and come to realize they need one another. Father, we just thank you for all of our prayers, spoken and unspoken, Lord, that in this new year that we can uh, resolve to come closer to you, to be willing to trust you, and to lay everything at your feet and know that you care for us and loved us and that we can come to you at no, no problems too big for you, Lord. We just thank you. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we embark on a new series entitled The Chosen Season 2, I just want to back it up a little bit. Remember, the Bible, the scriptures, that is the inspired, right, word of God, given to us by God through, through these authors and writers, and it's beautiful. That's what our truth is. But we also give thanks to God for people like those that are writing The Chosen. They're taking the Bible and saying, how can we make it in a way that is relatable to people like us? So I do give thanks to God for that, but I just always want to recalibrate, make sure we're not doing the gospel according to the chosen. We're doing the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the chosen just happens to be a vehicle to try to explain it for us. So uh, just making sure you know so that as we go through, through eight weeks of this, we're going to look at the life of Christ through the eyes, really, of those first followers. What did they see? What did they experience? And when we think about season one, I was thinking about the, the journey that we were on back in fall. And if you want to, you know, go, go to our website. You can see the eight weeks that we had and we preached and talked about re regarding season one. But I thought about what were the highlights? What did we learn in season one? So I just want to get you there. Um, I'm entitling it Lessons from Season One. First off, called and chosen by Jesus. It's about Jesus. Jesus coming and saying, follow me. Okay, how many times did he say that? As we see it in the Gospels and also in Season One of The Chosen. He just says, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. But then as we see it unpack and we see those seasons and we look into the Gospels, we find some very important truths. 
So example, when we are called and chosen by Jesus, we are called and chosen to rest in his presence. Secondly, to be cherished and protected. To change course in order to follow where he leads. To testify of his kingship. To be cleansed of sin and made new. And to be established and carried along the way. And here's what I want to do, and this is going to be a time of silence. I know about you, sometimes I don't like silence. But I think silence can be powerful. I want you to look at this list, not just this is what we saw in season one. But I want you to think about 2023 for you. As you embark on a brand new year, think about these aspects of what does it mean to be called and chosen by Jesus and how you can experience that being called and chosen by doing this. So I'm going to be silent for a little bit. Just read through those, maybe even pray, Lord, let this be in my life as it was with those first followers too or something like that. But just take a look at those for a second. And as we transition from that, again, that first season and how they depicted Jesus and those first followers, praying that you look at those things and say, Lord, let this happen in my life too. I want to rest in your presence. Okay, just, just think about that. Now, here's what happens between season one and season two. Well, season one is this idea of being called and being chosen. Season two now, it's time to hit the road. It's time to get started. It's time to um, walk with Jesus and go to places and start taking this message that is going to change the course of human history forever. Time to get going. But as we find, as you look at season two, I know I'm going to give you a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to know this stuff, so close your ears. But there's going to be conflict now. As they're getting ready to hit the road, as they're getting ready to go out, there's going to be conflict. And you will find conflict between some of those first followers between Peter and Matthew. And, and just look at that, all right? And there's also going to be conflict with the world because as Jesus is going to bring this life-saving message, there are people that don't want to hear it. Like the religious elite of the day, they didn't like what Jesus had to say and what he was doing. So there was this turmoil and this tension. And so we're going to follow that. We're going to walk through that. And Jesus is going to want to answer the question that is this. How do we love people who are not like us? How do we navigate through that? And I'm going to tell you that the answer is very simple. Very simple. Be like Jesus. could say amen and be done, but no, I still have uh, about 18 minutes that I want to fill up here. But it's not just filling up. I want you to know that Jesus didn't just leave it 
on our own to figure it out. When I was researching season two, and the writers of, of The Chosen decided to take the Beatitudes of Jesus and put them as an overlay over each episode. So example, this first week is going to be blessed are the poor in spirit. So when you watch this episode, episode one, season two, look for this Beatitude of being poor in spirit. And why is that important? And, and let that kind of serve and maybe cultivate in you uh, maybe that prayer saying, Lord, if you say that being blessed means to be poor in spirit, let me be poor in spirit. But if you're as human as I am, you hear the words poor, and you're like, I don't know if I want that. And yet, I'm going to tell you, great things begin to happen in the disciples 2,000 years ago, and I'll just say in our lives today, when we figure out what does it mean to be poor in spirit. Doesn't mean to be a doormat, it means something else. So here's what's going to happen. And we saw this uh, transition from season one to season two. Season one, episode eight, if you remember, to me it's one of the most moving parts of The Chosen that, that I've seen so far, is Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman at the well. There's just something about it. Jesus is going to somebody who is feeling the weight of the world. Do you remember? He's there. She comes. They have this interaction, and she's just like, "Why do? You, what's up with this? And Jesus offers her living water. And her life is changed. Now, we have to understand that there is a lot of history to this, and I wish I had more time to give you the entire history lesson of why was it not so good for Jesus to talk to this woman who was a Samaritan. Um, there's a lot of history to that. People would say, you just don't do it, but Jesus did. So let me back up a little bit. I'm going to take you to 2 Kings 17. I want you to understand, why was this so gigantic that Jesus was talking to somebody like that? All right, so we go back in time. and uh, Remember, uh, there was Israel, God's chosen people. Then there was a conflict that was going on. So there was a northern and southern tribes, right? And we had the division, and there was history just within that by itself. But here's what happens. The um, king of Assyria invaded all the land and came to Samaria. Samaria was the capital of the northern tribes, the northern section. So this king of Assyria, not of God, right, comes down and comes to Samaria, and for three years he besieged it. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Hala, and on the harbor, the river of Gozan, and in the city of the Medes. So something bad happened to those people in Samaria. They were taken off um, and exiled from their home. Now, it didn't end there. We go to verse 24, same chapter, and the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Cuthath, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the people of Israel. So you get what happened. He took away the Jewish people and brought back into them people that were of all different ethnic and religious backgrounds. 
and things started to get interesting is one way to look at it, but troubling. There was turmoil. And now there was going to be turmoil between the northern and the southern because the southern group is looking up at them and saying, you, you guys are half-bloods, you are, you're not pure, you don't follow the scriptures like we do. I mean, there were so many conflicts that were going on that they just didn't want to deal with each other. They had a hate for each other. How much so? Well, let me give you the map. If you remember this, this goes back in the fall when I preached on this before. But if you see Galilee down to Judea, so they'd, they'd go from Galilee to Jerusalem. That's the holy city. And when they would travel that way, they hated the Samaritans so much, and the Samaritans hated them, that they would not do the direct route. Right? The direct route, you just go straight down and you get there. Instead, they would cross over to the east, they'd go over the Jordan River, travel around, and go back west to get to Jerusalem. They just didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans. But we're going to find something very interesting. Again, season one, episode eight, we have Jesus with the disciples, and they're going to go from Galilee now to Jerusalem. And we find them at a fork in the road. And we find a discussion that takes place between Jesus and his disciples. Let's watch it. Hungry? Almost there. What city is that? Jezreel, the southernmost town in Galilee. From that river east of the Jordan River. Rabbi, where are you going? Do you need something? This way, friends. I'm sorry, but the map shows that Jezreel is two miles southeast of here and is met by a road east of the Jordan. We need to adjust our course 30 degrees We're to... not going to the Jordan. We're going through Samaria. Are you telling a joke? There's a place that I want to stop. Plus, it makes our journey shorter by almost half. And our odds of violent attack more likely by double. <laughs> is that an exact figure? Forgive me, teacher, but it's safer to go around Samaria by way of the Jordan and not the Capulets. Would you join me for safety reasons? But Rabbi, we're Samaritans. Good observation, Big James. What's your point? Rabbi, these were the people that profaned our temple with the dead bones. They, they hated they us. Fought they fought against us with the Seleucids in the Maccabean Wars. I haven't even spoken to a Samaritan. And we destroyed their temple a hundred years ago. And none of you here were present for any of these things. Listen, if we're going to have a question and answer session every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. We'll be fine. And if we get attacked, Simon would be happy to show us what to do. Absolutely. Right. So follow me. I have watched, you know, this episode, we'll just say probably five times, because, I, you know, again, I want to catch what's going on. And did you hear the last words he said before we cut it off? Come follow me. This is always the call that Jesus has for his disciples. Come follow me. I'll, I'm going to take the lead. You come follow me. I've got places to go that I want you to experience. And, if, and again, I'm giving you the whole backstory. He wants to go. The, in John, it says that he had to go through Samaria. 
And it's not because he had to because somebody forced him, but his love for the Samaritan woman and for the Samaritans compelled him to do what no other Jewish person would ever do in their right mind. That's what, what happens. All right? So that phrase, come follow me. But there was another phrase that caught my attention, and maybe you've caught it and heard it, but how about this phrase? Did you join me for safety reasons? So let's kind of bring it to 2023. Got to remember that. And I'm talking to you. And let's just say Jesus was standing right over here and he's looking at you because I would imagine that you would say you're a follower of Jesus, right? You're a disciple. And if he asked you, did you follow me for safety reasons, what would you say? And I'm, I'm going to let you have a little bit of angst with this. Because if we're honest, there are times the answer is yes. We want to follow him when it's convenient, when it's good, when it's safe, when it's not threatening. I mean, that's kind of a good thing. And then maybe sometimes, maybe, right, by the grace of God and by his Holy Spirit, he stirs within us, and we're ready to be brave disciples and followers of Jesus in the face of whatever. For them, it was the Samaritans. I don't know what it is for you. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker that God is calling you to. But there are times, because of our humanity and our sinfulness, that we would answer that question. Yeah, I, I want to follow you when it's safe. I'm going to tell you, the journey and what I believe God in this church, God is calling us, not for safety reasons. So if you're feeling nervous, welcome. I think we should feel that tension. When we get too comfortable with our Christianity, I think the devil has us just right where he wants us. So I want you to feel that for a moment. All right, now let's, let's kind of turn the corner. We're going to get, he's going to do some teaching. And in season two, episode one, Boy, do the writers take a very creative approach of telling the story of the Good Samaritan. So I'm going to leave that to you to go watch and find it, okay? So go season two, episode one. But I'm going to take you to the, the story, the Bible, Luke chapter 10. This is when Jesus is trying to teach what does it mean to be poor in spirit. Because when you're poor in spirit, then you're going to sense this calling then you'll sense that you are chosen, and then you will go, even if it's not safe. So let me take you on the journey. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? Is this a good question? Is this question asked even today? That's great that this teacher of the law 2,000 years ago but isn't this the question of the ages? What do I have to do to get into heaven? And I'll just tell you, in my years of ministry, I've seen people answer this in so many different ways. I remember one time I was uh, making a homebound call, bringing communion to someone, and she was so troubled 
that she wasn't able to give an offering or a tithe. And I could tell that she is wondering about her salvation because she couldn't do that. And I was just thinking, wow, she is like a lot of the world at times where we think that our salvation, our eternity is based on what we do. And that is a trap. And I think the devil wants to lure us into that. So this teacher of the law is addressing a very important question. And Jesus is going to bring it around so that the teacher of the law and people here in Columbus, Nebraska, get to know how this all works. So now Jesus says to him, what is written in the law and how do you read it? Because that's an important second question. How do you read it? How do you interpret it? What does it mean to you? And then, so the teacher of the law says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. All right? And then, um, next slide, but I want to leave this one up here. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But I want you to look at that, if you would. There is a word that is repeated three times that is convicting. Anybody see which word it is? The word all. Don't love God with part of your heart or some of your mind or some of your strength. It is. And again, this comes from Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. So he's really quoting the scriptures. And then Jesus says, you're right. Do this and you're going to live. Who has ever done it with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength? And the answer is none of us. None of us do. And it's a quandary, isn't it? And again, I, I said, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. And I'm not sure if the teacher of law got it yet, because what follows next is kind of an indication that he's still not quite getting it. He goes like this. But he, the teacher of the law, desiring to justify himself, that likes to justify their behavior, I mean, if you looked in a mirror this morning, you did, right? It's us. We love to justify our behavior. Well, this teacher of the law is trying to justify his behavior. He says, um, who is my neighbor? Because he's probably feeling pretty good about himself. Yeah, I love the Lord. I love other people. And now he's going to touch on this neighbor thing. And Jesus is going to blow the doors wide open. He's going to cause this teacher of the law and anyone that within earshot to be troubled by what Jesus is going to say. So he tells him a parable, a story. It goes like this. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now this whole idea of going down from, um, again, from Jerusalem to Jericho it really is down, geographically speaking. Jerusalem is about 3,000 um, feet above sea level. Jericho is 1,000 feet below sea level. So going down, it's about a 17-mile stretch to go from Jerusalem to Jericho. So it's uh, treacherous just in the incline. But it's even treacherous because of where it is. It's not a safe place. In fact, this road... Um, legend says it, it's known as the, the way of the blood. 
because not good things happen on this road. Okay? So, this guy's beaten up, stripped, um, and now he's being left half dead. And now here's where the story goes. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And you could almost think, maybe the teacher of law, when, they, when he heard that phrase, oh good, this is done. It's a short story. The priest is going to take care of business and everything's fine. But no, that's not the way it goes. And when he saw him passed by on the other side. Now remember the priest. The priests are the ones that get to go really close to God. They're the ones that get to go into the temple. They're the ones that really get this, this God thing. They should get it. But what does he do? He goes around. And I'm going to give you the, the little hint here. The priest was not being poor in spirit. I want you to hold that for a second. The priest was not being poor in spirit. Went around. And then we get to the second one. So likewise, a Levite. Now remember, the, the Levites were the ones that served in the temple. They were to help. So they were kind of close to God too. But it says, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Wow, strike two. Two people who should know better. Two people who were not poor in spirit. Okay, hold on to that. And now we get to the kicker. This is the one where the teacher of the law, when he hears it or anybody hears it, is, is going to say, this is an absolutely ridiculous story. This is absurd. This doesn't happen. What are you getting at? It says this, but a Samaritan as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. A Samaritan, you might as well say an enemy. You might as well say somebody who's hated. He had compassion. Well, how much? How much compassion? Oh, he probably just walked by him and said a little prayer and moved on. No, it goes like this. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So now Jesus is going to bring it back. He says, Which of these... Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And let me in, put my own words in for a second. Which of these three do you think was poor in spirit? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And here's what I think poor in spirit gets at. Poor in spirit means to understand the depravity of humanity and the power and the might and the majestic nature of God. I think that's what poor in spirit. See, the Levite, the priest, they were pretty puffed up with themselves. I don't think they were in touch with the depravity of humanity. But the Samaritan did. 
to the point where he had compassion. I mean, compassion. And when we get this idea of being poor in spirit, it changes our life dramatically. Again, season two, episode one. You know, we get this moment where they're um, tilling the field, and they don't even know why they're doing it. Take a look at it. It's really creatively done. But I think it's James and John are tilling the field, and they don't even know that they're doing it for the Samaritan. They're doing something for somebody that is kind of an enemy. But they're doing it. Poor in spirit. I'm going to show you two pictures, and there is a transformation that has taken place, how the chosen has depicted it. And I think it's very legitimate. I mean, the first picture, this is Fatina. This is the Samaritan woman at the well, the one who she came to get water in the middle of the day because nobody would want to hang with her she is just she just doesn't she doesn't have it according to peoples and yet Jesus talked to her Jesus offered her living water she understood the depravity of humanity but now she was experiencing the majestic nature and love of God Jesus said I'll give you water you'll never be thirsty again And then this is the picture of one that is transformed. I love the joy on her face. I love her. And again, when you get into season two and you just see her, she is bubbling over all over the town of Sychar. And her life has changed and transformed because she's now poor in spirit. Before she was just poor, poor in bad relationships and all this stuff. But now she gets, yes, she has depravity of humanity. Yes, she deals with sin. But there's a God who loves her. And that's the starting point of Again, being called and chosen and then being sent out. So my prayer for all of us as we take this journey together, looking, looking at the life of Jesus and his calling and choosing people like you and me, is that we start with that place of being poor in spirit. And it might be, just might be, that God will use some of the circumstances of our life to teach us what it means to be poor in spirit. And I'm guessing you kind of know what that feels like. But he wants you not to just stay in the depravity of humanity and the pain and the hurt, but look at the Savior who says, I love you. Look at the Savior who's with you. Amen? Let's stand. Let me share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Young man on the side of the road, lost and beat up with nowhere to go. Smells like a hangover from days ago. He does what he can to survive. Single mom with a dead end job. 90 hour week just to keep what she's got. But the bills add up and now she's caught. She does what she can to survive. Well, let me 
Just does.